0: A Rich Tradition College Football Podcast is now live.
1: Hello and welcome to a Rich Tradition College Football Podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Bowl. two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, another wild, wild week of college football and ooh, nobody is safe.
0: Nope. Would you like a stat to solidify that? I would like a stat to so, to solidify that. 40 teams, 40 ranked teams in the first six weeks of the season have lost. That is the most ever in the, in the modern era, which for mm-hmm. those that don't know, means basically BCS era, which essentially started in 2002, 2003. So we're looking at almost 20 plus years of this never happening. Whew, just a... But a ton of
1: teams, bro. Yeah, and so the, the the bounce back from the COVID year has been quite uh quite interesting. The bounce back to fans, the bounce back to true road games, the bounce back to uh full off seasons for defenses, which seems to be the the one that it seems as though defenses are benefiting, but you also have there's no true like elite quarterbacks right now. Um you've got running backs that are in the lead for the Heisman. Um or that are being talked about in the lead uh, lead for the Heisman,
0: yeah. Can I, ask which you is about, really
1: yeah, which is really what's important at this point this is just conversation. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I just want to throw it out there. I, like, if I said Bijan Robinson is the best, is the best running back in the country, you say what?
1: I would think Kenneth Walker has a really good uh, argument.
0: No, the, I want to know what who you think is the best. I don't want to. I don't want to hear who could be. I want to hear who you think is the best running back. Um, yeah, the guy who stands behind yeah, the quarterback yeah, or beside uh, the quarterback most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And then then he and then he takes the ball in like a direct handoff kind of way. Yes.
0: Yes. That guy. Yes.
1: Sometimes he might be asked to pass block. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Look, the the reason. Look, I I was I was hesitant to say that Um, I, you know, yes, there there were other running backs all over the country. And then just I had already seen the Robinson run before in his other three or four other games where he was a focus. But this game against Texas or this game against Oklahoma was the solidifying factor for me. Like I, he, I mean, he, he is he is the dude. He is a dude. I have not seen a player run like that or make plays like that in a game since freaking Reggie Bush.
1: Yeah, he's been uh, he's been quite incredible. Uh, I, I will I will stick with just to name another name uh, yeah. the the running back at Michigan State. I think he's well, been uh, outstanding, especially from a from a you know off the radar perspective. We w- there were conversations if you were dialed into college football. There were conversations about Texas and um, and and Robinson uh, this year that he was gonna yeah. him and Sarkisian together was gonna be something special and he was something special last year and you thought Tom Herman probably could might have been able to save his job if he had attached himself to Robinson more, so there was a lot of excitement and he's lived up to it. I don't mean to say you know the hype was diminishing what he has done, uh, he has lived up to it for sure.
0: Yeah, I um. Yeah, I, I, this, this season has been incredible. I've already given you the stat. Um, K- Kenneth Walker, though, like talk about tra- winning the transfer portal, right? Yes. Like transferred from Wake. Is that right? Correct. Who are, from- who's doing really well without it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about Wake here in a few minutes. Uh, I've got some Wake praise to, to give out. Um, but Spencer, like uh, is there – I really kind of think – as far as news items, I, I've got one, you know, yes, it correlates into a game. Um, So I don't want to we, – we don't have to dive into it just yet, but do you have any piece of news that you wanted to talk about real quick tonight?
1: I don't. I was frustrated earlier uh, by the comments that Dabo made more Ugh. sort of um, – Yeah. He mentioned there's been a lot of conversation and criticism towards Clemson for not taking players out of the transfer portal and that maybe that practice has caught up to them in terms of – you know, sort of quick fixes the way Georgia has tried to do it and the way that Alabama has tried to do it, go to the transfer portal and maybe try to grab something to supplement the roster a little bit, to supplement somebody leaving early for the draft or transferring out or whatever. And so and what frustrated me about it was that Dabo seems to do this all the time. He seems to take whatever comment is made or criticism is made and somehow or another twist it into a, a general – Or some sort of, how in the world could somebody possibly think this kind of statement? And the thing that was said today was, do you think people really think that we're three and two and we're at where we're at because we didn't get a player out of the transfer portal? Come on, give me a break. It's kind of like, no, Dabo. Nobody nobody seriously is suggesting that one player is the difference between whether or not you're doing what you need to do. And so I always get frustrated with him when he... Turns himself into the victim, one, like there's victims in college football criticism of coaches and programs, and then belittles the thought process of something that other teams have done and have been successful
0: with it. Yeah, like you you get paid millions of dollars. You – like just that alone means that these coaches are allowed to be criticized. Okay, Dabo brings criticism upon himself because he constantly can't keep his mouth shut. He has he has gone from this like it is it is just like the Dark Knight quote. You either live you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And he has become the villain. He has. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and like I can't stand him now, like and I hate that.
1: And I love that movie quote. I will fit that movie quote with any possible situation I can. And I'm glad that you fit it. Uh, you fit it right there.
0: Well, I'm I'm here for you, buddy. I appreciate um, that. Just like I'm hoping that uh, our Braves can be here for us tonight, as. Both Spencer and I are Braves fans. They are in game game four of the NLDS, and it is top bottom of the seventh, <sighs> four four tied. So,
1: listen um, at you giving out the baseball breakdown. Wow, well, listen,
0: like okay, look, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. All right, so just really quickly, because I, I want you to affirm this uh, on the podcast, because I have some friends who, um, who do listen, who think that I've just always hated baseball, and I you've known me long enough to know you have been my friend long enough to experience. My, when I've been I was, friends with you long enough to know that yes, that is true. What? That, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm but, just kidding. But but we affirm that there was a time until about 2014 or 15 when I was a Braves fan. I was watching many games. I was dialed in. But just around 14, 15, I just stopped. Like, will you help me and affirm that today?
1: Yes. There was uh there there was a time when there was Braves being watched, and then you drifted away from it.
0: And it didn't and I, help – the whole Upton thing did not help.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was there was the unloading of Kimbrel and all yeah. of those guys from a group that just wasn't panning out, fresh-faced Freddie Freeman. Um, look at you
0: remembering exactly when I bailed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that would be the that, – that's when a lot of people walked away because they were not happy about unloading Craig and unloading everybody I was so angry. but Freddie.
0: I, yeah. remember, I remember losing Kimbrel, and I just was like, look, I understand from a financial standpoint – but he was just so important. He was so clutch. And then the whole Upton thing. I just it just I, I hated it. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about baseball. Um, but thank you for doing that for me because I, I feel like there my my friends don't believe me when I tell them that I used to actually be dialed in quite a bit into baseball. Um, well, we're but we're happy to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so look, man, we we are having like we we don't have to talk about it anymore or speak on it anymore after this weekend. Can we all agree this is two thousand seven incarnate? Reincarnate. Can we just call it that?
1: I think in certain ways, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know every single crazy detail from 2007 and sort of how to compare the crazy details from now to then. And maybe that's not necessary, but no, yes, yeah. we, we are having a, uh, a pretty nuanced year where I, I'd like to know who the elite quarterbacks were back then. Like, did we have a class of quarterbacks who we were wildly excited about in, in – you know, yeah. pro potential right and that yeah. sort of thing. You looking it up now?
0: Mm hmm. I, I can tell you Matt Ryan was one of them.
1: Well, Pat White would have been one of them too, wouldn't he? Because he was, him and Steve Slayton were terrorizing Big Ten football or uh, Big East football. And then, so I'm, and then had to rip our hearts out.
0: All right. So 2007, this is 2007 Heisman Trophy voting. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. A name that we should, like, we're going to feel stupid for not mentioning off the bat Tim Tebow. Um, oh yeah, duh. Yeah, he uh, won I'm, the Heisman, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm still upset that he won the Heisman that year. I think and he got, deserved. I, I I think he deserved a Heisman, but I I just don't think it was that year. Um, well, wasn't that the year of 20 touchdowns and
1: uh, both throwing and
0: passing? Uh, yeah. Well, he had 32 touchdowns. So yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have his running stats on here, but I'm assuming that's it. I, for For me, it was Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden was. Oh yeah. Like. And Felix go, Jones. <laughs> yeah, and, and and not to mention. Uh, yeah, bro, <laughs> like, uh, that,
1: <laughs> on the cover of the video game. Peyton oh Nils.
0: my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I'm getting chills just thinking about that team, that that running back uh, trio. All right, it was Darren McFadden, Tim Tebow, uh, Colt Brennan, Chase Daniel, Dennis Dixon, Pat White, Matt Ryan. Yeah, those are the quarterbacks in the Heisman candidate list.
1: Dennis Dixon, the early days of Oregon before they became, you know, Nike Oregon. I guess they were still Nike Oregon, but before they became the big mm-hmm. shots, Dennis Dixon.
0: Guess who had the most passing yards of those quarterbacks? Colt Brennan, Matt Ryan. Hmm. How many did
1: Matt have to get over Colt Brennan? He had
0: 4,500 yards that year over Colt Brennan's 4,300. Um, Brennan threw more touchdowns, 38 touchdowns, um, to, to Matt Ryan's 31. But, um, Matt Ryan threw the most interceptions of any of the quarterbacks with 19. Um, so if
1: there's – so if Matt Ryan's there and, and we can sort of agree that Matt's put together a very successful NFL career, borderline Hall of Fame career, is there anybody right now that you feel like could go on that's going to jump to the NFL and and push for that kind of career?
0: Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Okay. Can, can that pick almost Tyson? fits exactly because percent, yeah, Pitt and yeah. ACC and – 100%. Uh, K- Kenny Pickett, by the way, Kenny Pickett for Heisman. Uh, he was off this week, or I'd be listing off his stats, but Kenny Pickett. Um, just again, Kenny Pickett for Heisman. Um, I-, I would say Kenny Pickett probably. Again, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Look, Step I- them, Bennett, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, he- here's no. the thing. Like I- We have to be honest here, and-, and we'll talk about that here in a minute more in depth, but CJ Stroud is kind of putting on a show lately, bro. Yeah. Oh sure, he is. Like, I, like I, I,
1: I would have only imagined time would have,
0: you know, is is what he needed. What is yeah. what a lot of
1: young quarterbacks have needed is just a little bit of
0: time, get it figured out, and then they're good to go. Yeah, they Oregon just caught Ohio State at the right time. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Look, we gonna find out soon. There's some big games coming up with these with, with the big three or four in the in the Big Ten East, but the Ohio State Buckeyes are starting to creep up as being one of the scariest teams this season um you know midway through this season um Spencer uh, the news that I had is that we have a quarterback controversy in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. and this will segue directly into our review games of the week actually before I say that how did we do this week on picks
1: uh you went four and two and I had a surprising five and one heck yeah I was very excited about five and
0: one I have a one game lead is that right
1: if I did the math earlier, I think, and I've actually misplaced that piece of paper. I think you're at 37 and 22 and I'm 36 and 23. So, okay. yeah, one I, uh, yeah, one game lead. So, I missed on Arkansas by one measly point and I got everything else right. Georgia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Iowa, and Arizona oh. State.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Oklahoma again cuz I I'm I'm livid. All right, look. I first of all, I was feeling mad. I was m- mad at myself. Like, literally, you can ask, uh, you, you will never talk to Cody, Dan. But if you did talk to Cody uh, and my friend Chris Gailey, listener of the show, um, they were with me while we were watching the end of that game um, in Texas, Oklahoma. And when Oklahoma wins that game, I said, I feel so stupid right now. And Cody's like, why? I was like, because I, I was wrong about Oklahoma. He's like, and Cody, thank God for you. Correct me. He's like, no, you weren't. You said that they were a fake ID with Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Spencer Rattler is not the reason why they won that game. Caleb Williams is the reason why they won that game. And he was right. I I was right about Oklahoma under Spencer Rattler. And if he stays in the game, if he plays that entire game, who knows? Like Texas is still probably scoring points right now. But Caleb Williams comes in after so many people have called for him to come in. And, man, he just showed out, man. He just showed out. Yeah, and yeah. credit to Lincoln Riley
1: for making the call, for making the call, for yeah. doing the deed, for saying, "Okay, man, you're, you know, you've got a leash. It's this far. You, you've got to come through. You've got to live up to. You've got to find a way." And somebody mentioned it. Caleb Williams is just willing to do things that Spencer Rattler isn't willing to do. That first touchdown was it? The first touchdown throw? Oh, the crazy fifty-yarder or something that or was? Or the run?
0: The fourth? The fourth and one run.
1: Well, and, and, and I'm just th- thinking yeah, from a throwing right. standpoint. Okay, I'm
0: sorry. yes, 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 you're right.
1: My bad. Spencer Rattler would, has not thrown those passes this season. He's not thrown down the field, which is weird because I don't remember him having a throwing down the field issue last year. So, yeah, I mean, Lincoln Riley said, here are your parameters. Here are the guidelines. If you don't go out and do XX X, and X, or maybe it wasn't this you know, clear and crystal like I'm making it, but he said, if this guy, if we're not going to play like this, if he can't access this level of the offense another time, We're going to make a change, and uh, at that point, you're down 18. At least you're down 18. I think at that point, maybe even the 21.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Oklahoma goes on and wins on a walk off, on the walk off run up the middle, essentially. Uh huh. Like Texas had been playing pretty good defense in that game. Yes, I know they scored a ton of points, but like when when games get out of hand like that, you're, you're like a pretty good defense is like you're having a couple of stops, and they did have a couple of stops. And Bijan Robinson was just incredible in this game. That run that he had, I hope, will go down in the record books or will go down in history with his with his career. If he has another year to, you know, possibly win the Heisman, if not this year, then you know, sooner than later, because um, it was an incredible run. Um, the one
1: where he starts off uh, right, the right and then the cuts field. back yes. to the left. Oh yeah. my
0: gosh! And he had eight broken tackles. Like I, again, I have not seen something like that since Reggie Bush. Like I'm not talking. I'm not talking about someone breaking tackles in a run. I'm talking about that kind of run that equates eight broken tackles. It was nuts.
1: Texas um, had 28 first quarter points, and Oklahoma well, had 25 fourth quarter points.
0: Yeah, it it really did. And didn't Texas have a missed field goal too? Like I could have swore Texas missed a field goal.
1: Let me look. Where are you at? Field goal. Field goals. Uh, no, everybody was four for. Everybody was perfect on field goals.
0: Okay, well, then I, I can't remember like I don't know what the turning point was. Oh wait, I'm sorry, yes, I do. It was the incredible once in a lifetime pitch and catch from Caleb Williams to worthy in the in the, in the left hand corner of the end zone, right where only his foot one foot could be and he could catch it and come down with it. it was It was one of the greatest throws and catches I've ever seen, you know, live in a game. Um, this game is incredible. the, 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 the fear. Is that a Caleb Williams led Oklahoma, offensively is deadly. Their defense is still a huge problem, and and I didn't think we were gonna, I didn't think that was gonna be a problem this year. But their defense is a problem. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, there's it, w- that has not lived up to what we thought would uh, it was gonna live up to. There was all the hype in the world for both North Carolina and Oklahoma to have much improved defenses, and for Oklahoma it was much bigger. I mean, th- this was. Hey, this is gonna be the difference maker. Hey, you know, Oklahoma's gonna be, you know, potentially winning games over Alabama with this defense. These guys, they look the part, they sound the part, they play the part. This is a real defense. Uh, you know, Bob Stoops Day's defense, and they're having an issue tackling. Yeah. 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 Which which, if I remember correctly, is one of the fundamentals of football.
0: Yeah, we only talk about missed tackling with usually Todd Grantham defenses. So it's it's interesting. To anytime I can throw a jab at Top of Grantham, I'm going I to. I was um, I
1: was about to say burn.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so anything else to add about the game? Uh, I I don't really know what this means moving forward. Like, you know, DJ Ugalde showed up for that incredible game against Notre Dame, and you know, struggled against Boston College the next week, and then we don't see him again until he's losing to Georgia. So, um, you know, I do think that Caleb Williams is the the future at quarterback. I, I do not. I don't know if all of a sudden they are going to win all these games now. Um, with him at quarterback because, you know, now you get film on him and then you can make adjustments. And it's just not as easy as, hey, this is going to go this way, you know. Um, so I, I don't have anything else to add there. Do you?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to mention the rushing success for Oklahoma. Uh, they averaged like eight yards a carry. This go around 336 yards. They had a really great day running the football, explosive plays. I was trying to find sort of their rushing success as the season has gone on, because it doesn't feel like they've had uh, that—that's been one of the issues for the offense too. It's not been a great running success so far this season uh, for Oklahoma, and in this ball game, they—they they found it, uh, especially yeah. right there at the end with several big plays from Brooks, and of course the big run from Caleb uh, Williams that kind of helps jolt them back into the ball game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay. Moving on to the next game. Um, we're just going to hit these big ones first, man, because there's just so many freaking big games. Um, the shocker. We didn't even pick this game, Spencer. Nope. Nobody um, did. Like, no one talked about this game, really. It was an afterthought. Um, Texas AM beats Alabama 41-38 on a last-second field goal. Literally a last-second field goal. Um, giving Alabama Crimson Tide their first loss of the season in, uh, you know, with the 12th man with Kyle field. And, uh, I mean, for me, you know, we, uh, we've had plenty of time now to hear the hot takes and stuff like that left and right. I'm I'm not ready to call the demise of Alabama. I'm not that stupid. Um, I do think they have holes. I, I do think they have issues that, you know, that are, that can be a problem. Um, but Robinson jr. Should have gotten the ball a lot more and that's that's as far as the Alabama side and what I would have expected. That that's what I walk away from. Robinson Jr., the running back, uh, had 147 yards rushing, and he easily could have had over 200 had they just fed him the ball more.
1: Yeah, and what's crazy is he had 24 carries. So two things that I wanted to mention. Nick Saban uh, alluded in sort of after co- comments after the game that hey, you know, maybe we we could have challenged them more on the ground in the red area two for six mm-hmm. scoring touchdowns in the red area for Alabama, two for six scoring touchdowns. And so challenged them a little bit more with the ground game. And I wonder, second point, I wonder if the 36 carries from last week against Ole Miss had something to do with not giving him the ball a lot this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They And they gave it to him 24 times, which is still plenty, especially in today's world. So I, I wonder if that had any – and I don't know if we'll hear it. I don't know if they would say it, but I wonder if that had anything to do with it because they're thin. He had 24 carries, and the next guy had like two, two or three. It was not a big yeah. rushing day for the Alabama backfield. It was a big day for for that guy, for Robinson, but it wasn't a big day for everybody else.
0: Dude, and we're used to
1: seeing that for them.
0: Where's Trey Sanders?
1: No clue. He I don't think he was in the box score at all.
0: Like, like, but that's my point. Yeah. Like Trey Sanders was one of the high I think two years ago when he when he was coming out of high school, he was one of the highest recruited running backs in the country. Like, I, I just I don't know where he is. And I look, they're they're just okay, let's let's just put let's just put our, our critical hat on for a second, okay? It it did catch me off guard that they didn't go for it on, you know, go for it on first down, go for the first down when they were in the red zone instead you know, instead of kicking the field goal, I don't kind of understand that, but here's what I definitely don't understand. Their linebackers are still an issue, man. In coverage, at least. Mm -hmm. And their, their, their offensive line isn't, did not protect the quarterback as much as I thought they would, but more, more, more shocking than that their defensive line is not getting the push nor the control. At the at the line of scrimmage that they normally do, mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: yeah, they weren't winning the point of attack, especially you know on offense or defense, especially there in the first half. I think they gave up three of their four sacks there in the first half.
0: Now, when you and I talked on Saturday or Sunday, was, I think it was Sunday, because um, we usually always take time to decompress the games and stuff. Uh, you said that you thought you know you're not worried about this. You thi- you know you think or you think a Kirby, you think Saban's going to figure it out and it'll be okay. Do you still feel confident in that a couple days later? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, just because it's Nick, and I feel like they'll they'll fix – I say fix. They will address. They will make adjustments because Nick's – one of Nick's comments after the game as well centered on we weren't great with communication up front on offense, backs and – uh, offensive linemen and sort of sliding protections and such we weren't great with that communication early on we did address it and we did better in the second half so it's something we're improving on or we were able to improve here so i i would imagine that's something that you can improve upon going forward and i would imagine too any sort of defensive issue Nick Saban's going to be able to find some sort of answer whether that answer is the best answer or let me rephrase whether that answer is something that you know ignites the team and, and you know sets them off on some sort of historic run from here to there or if it's just something good that is improved and they get a little more uh, you know a better pass rush it's a minimal gain or it's a big gain either way I expect him to make some sort of adjustment uh, as you go on this is more about Nick Saban than it is anything else and he might have to recall on uh, you know some young players which may present its own issues so you may never see a gigantic leap it may just be a minimal gain but for for Alabama, maybe that's all they need is a, is a minimal gain.
0: Yeah. No, uh, my, my concern is just, oh, Freddie, please tell me you did it. Freddie Freeman, you are the freaking man. He just is a home run. Braves are leading 5-4. Well, I'm glad
1: that you said that because now I get to watch it duh, You know, 10 seconds later.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> my bad.
1: I, well, it's nice to know what's coming. Where can I put a future bet down? <laughs>
0: I, it wouldn't matter. Uh, I'll, I'll be your nice. almanac. I'll be We're your on. almanac for you. The um, majestic tongue. Ow, oh, my Freddy. Gosh, let's go. Okay, We're the face of the franchise. Look, here's my here is my concern, and here's why I am just not quick to say yes. They'll figure it out. Look, money. If you made me bet money, I would say yes, they do. But just to play critical for a second, <sighs> Nick Saban should not The Nick Saban we know would have corrected this after the Florida game, if it was correctable this season. That that's my problem. I don't know. I don't know if this stuff is correctable this year, because. Like drop passes are gonna happen. You know, they had a lot of drop passes. I, I didn't get to see the number of how many he had, but I don't expect that to happen again as far as drop passes. But the same things they had problems with against Florida, the point of attack, the line of scrimmage, that was a problem with against Florida, and it was a problem again against AM. And there's only probably maybe two other teams in the SEC that they're gonna play this year that can that, that can pose a threat to them. And so I ask you this, Spencer. If I if I gave you $1,000 and I told you to bet one way or the other, do you think Bama loses a game before the SEC championship?
1: Oh, they still have to play Arkansas, don't they?
0: And Auburn at Jordan Hare.
1: So I'll say I would bet them to, to win uh, to or to not lose again because I think obviously Arkansas's defense can be moved. The one thing that I, I will say gives you sort of pause and says, okay, I, I don't know – because I feel like offensive line stuff is again correctable, teaching lesson type stuff. Pass rush, they can do something to figure that out, or at least stabilize uh, that aspect of their game. The thinness at running back—that mm-hmm. would be one thing that I would look at and say, I don't know if you can. I don't. You can't just magically pull somebody out of the transfer portal at this point. You know, if you're thin yeah. at running back, you're thin at running back. I don't know when that's gonna. If that part of thing, I don't know if there's any fixing that. But I, I would suggest this will be a group. If you had to ask me to put money on it, I would bet them to win out the rest of the way. Okay. Arkansas is good. I don't know if they've got the defense, and like you have said plenty of times, I don't know if you would trust uh, Bo Nix. Even in that game, that crazy game where his craziness and the craziness of that game combined could create some sort of Captain Crazy, uh, Captain Planet reference, and <laughs> you know maybe that would happen. So, you know, in this voodoo world, sure. But I I would, if I'm betting money, no, they they went out.
0: Okay. Um, I'm not going to answer my own question that I asked you, by the way. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you m- so much. Moving on. Um Penn State, Iowa. This was a slobber knocker. This was ugly, but I think the wrong team won. I want to say that and i say that because when you're you're up 14 to 3 against the number 123rd as of today 123rd ranked offense in the country when you have when you're up 14 to 3 on them you have a really good chance of winning the game unless the quarterback who's been playing really well breaks his collarbone or hurt, or hurt his shoulder or whatever and is out for the rest of the game in the second quarter mm-hmm. so then the comes this bright-eyed this bright-eyed sorry let's say wide-eyed freshman comes in on on the road at Kinnick stadium and he's just awful in the second half. Yeah. And give all the credit in the world to Penn State's defense for not letting this game become a slaughter. But Penn State loses to Iowa. And I, I, am, I hate it for Penn State. I really do. I, I hate it for them because they should have won this game. That they had the perfect game plan. But you just, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Pat Forty said, said it really well on Sunday. Look. Your job as a defense is to get to the quarterback and hit the quarterback. You're not trying to hurt him, but you are trying to get to him and hit him. And if you're able to do that, eventually, a quarterback's probably not going to be able to keep playing. And they did that.
1: Yeah, you kind of – there's – it sounds morbid. You're right. It sounds I'm morbid. I'm not trying or, to. You, you right, know, no, I understand. I know. It sounds morbid, but at the end of the day, it's kind of the point. It's why you're hitting. It's why you're diving. It's why you're you're trying to stop them, Sure. But at the same time, you're trying to say, I don't want you to do that again. I want you to be scared about going over the middle. I want you to be scared about running it between the tackles. And I want you to be scared about standing in this pocket, having to throw passes with me and my boys flying around. We want you to be scared. We want you to be nervous. We want to shake you out of focus. And if that means that, hey, we're going to hit you and you get hurt, I stand the same chance of getting hurt that you do. So, and I don't have guys protecting me if I'm the defensive line. So, you know, yeah. That, that could be a part of this, um, and um, and sure it stinks to have your quarterback go out. And I think the other nuanced conversation that sort of arises out of this game that has been really interesting is the oh, conversation yeah. of the backup quarterback.
0: Yes, we and will Look, because we're gonna, yes, we're going to put a pin in that because I I want to talk about that more with the other game about Georgia. If you don't well I was just
1: going to well I was just going to mention Penn State's backup quarterback, their second string is starting at Kentucky now. And so that really throws a wrench into your coaching stuff when your backup is at another school, when he is transferred out of the program. And it's not so easy to just grab somebody out of the portal and, uh, and you know make up the difference. So uh, some teams get that benefit. Kentucky and Georgia have gotten that benefit. Some other teams don't, and so you're left kind of holding the bag. Yeah. Um, and so that, I, that's a difficult spot.
0: No, it's okay. I do have a, just that conversation piece for us to have. Um, here in a minute of, about the backup quarterback, um, but I'm glad you brought that up. Here's the biggest. Here's the biggest negative takeaway. Also to talk about with with Penn State, they still can't run the freaking ball. Well, and Iowa makes it tough. Yes, but they but they've not been able to run the ball all year. Sure. Okay. And yeah, sure. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and they and Penn State even had a mobile quarterback in the game and could not get anything. So. So yeah, you know we're gonna continue with this Iowa 123rd offense in the country, but dadgummit, it, man, there's no way anyone can debate they are they are the second best defense in the country. And if you bring in if if you tackle if you bring in turnovers into the conversation and you put more weight on turnovers, you can make an argument they're the best defense in the country.
1: You took the words out of my mouth. And setting up short fields, uh, their defense complements their offense very very well, uh, creating those short fields, and then their special teams unit assist that defense really well there's there's you know mvp chance for the punter at iowa mvp chance for the punter at iowa
0: yep that's incredible yes he he is he is the best punter in the country it's not even close he is he is their most important player and people want to say well, he's a punter you know that means they didn't do well on offense well the name of the game is not necessarily to score more points all game the name of the game is to score more points by the end of the game (laughs) But than yeah. your opponent, and and Iowa does that. They do it better than anybody right now. Um, well, I'm sorry, they don't do it better than anybody. They they cause turnovers and they strangle you better than anyone else in the country. So, let's m- quickly mention these other games because we get, we we got I, we got some good good responses from people this week on our uh, on our stuff. Um, uh, Michigan, Nebraska. This is so heartbreaking. I am so sick of seeing Nebraska lose close game after close game after close game.
1: I'm kind of pulling for Jim Harbaugh to sort of prove himself. Yeah, um, I've been on that bandwagon yes. for a while. Um, I'm not instead. there yet, but I agree. Yep, with you. I, I understand that, and that's fine. And I totally get people not being on the bandwagon or not being there because you know Jim Jim Harbaugh has made it difficult, and obviously the losing to all of your you know top rivals makes it difficult as well. But I'm a fan, or I'm a believer in just give the guy some time, just give him some time. Petrino, Bobby Bowden. Dabo Sweeney, it took some time. And really, when you look at Nick Saban and, and Urban Meyer, they didn't win championships their second year as head coaches. Saban did at Alabama, but it takes some time to figure it out and to get it ready and to get it going. So I know Jim Harbaugh's been a head coach for a long time, but some some time to figure it out. And maybe this year it looks a little different. It feels a little different. There's an energy that's a little bit different for, uh, for this Michigan they have, team. They have, the so, best,
0: they have the best running back tandem in the country.
1: And, and – and, I heard somebody mention that there have been trends where it's Michigan fumbling the ball at the end of the game and Michigan yeah. shooting themselves in the foot. It just so happens that the time they get it turned around, they're doing it to a team who has had it happen to themselves plenty of times already.
0: So those that don't know, Nebraska has a chance at the end of the game to have a drive to to win the game, to go ahead. It's timing right? Um, I can't remember. Yes, you, you continue. Yes. I'll pull it up. Um, I, I can't remember if it was tied or not, but I know that Nebraska was driving down to win the game, and on a third and short, Adrian Martinez has has a great run. He um he has a great run. He he tries to get more yardage, and he fumbles the ball. Michigan takes over, and then they kick a field goal to win. Is that right?
1: I'm pulling I, I it up.
0: Right. I think that's right. Yeah, it
1: ends 32-29, So yeah, field goal yeah. wins it.
0: Yeah, they kicked the field goal, win the game. I just felt so bad for Nebraska. You're absolutely right about the Jim Harbaugh stuff. I'm not really talking about who their opponent was. Sure. Just this is the third game, the third loss they've had, where they've had an opportunity to win the game, and something happens, and it's just and it's not even really like well, the two big losses against Oklahoma, the like the loss against Oklahoma and the loss this weekend, was because of Adrian Martinez making a fatal mistake. I, it's just heartbreaking. I just hate it. For, I hate it because here's the thing. I, I am off the, je- the I am off the frost needs to go. You know, wagon. If anything, I think Nebraska has shown that they are just they are a quarterback away from being from being a great team because you look at what their defenses have done, what their defense has done against teams this year who are better than them that they've played against. And look how good their defense has been and look how much they've produced offense, even though Adrian Martinez has moments of brilliance and then horrible moments that cost them the game. I, I'm just I don't know if you agree with that or not. It's something that I've kind of been working on for the last couple of days. Just my feelings on Scott Frost. And I I think I'm I think I'm I want them to keep Scott Frost another year.
1: Yeah, Michigan has just tied it up at 29 off of a nine play, 69 yard drive. And there is one, two, two. There's three plays. Martinez runs for three yards and fumbles it at the Nebraska 37. Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. And it turns over. And wait a minute. Don't you say, oh, you're saying it. 32 to 29 on the next possession. Michigan wins it. Don't you say a word. Just be quiet for just a couple more seconds here, please. And thank you very much as we interrupt our college football, for a big night. Wow, look at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you can celebrate, Robbie. I'm Atlanta calling. Braves are going to the ALCS when in June, Whew. heck, in July, they had a sub-500 record. Let's cover these games, though. Boise State upsets BYU 26-17. There's a shootout. There's multiple shootouts uh, this weekend. Arkansas will Miss 52-51. It felt like he was the last one to get the ball, um, was going to win. Arkansas was the last one to get the ball. And you know what, man? Good on Sam Pittman. Uh, I don't know if you've got to see this, but Sam Pittman, tries, Sam Pittman tries to go for two to win the game. At the end, he knew if he went to overtime, he's probably going to lose, so he goes for two. And, uh, like, uh, it, it, here's a tangent. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate when teams are within the red zone, specifically within 10 yards or less, and you do a rollout and cut off half the field for your quarterback. Yeah. I hate that play call. I hate it so much. And they did. They called that play. Um, Arkansas did as their two-point conversion play, and Ole Miss was easily able to cover it. And Ole Miss wins this game. Uh, KJ Jefferson balled out. Um, Sanders balled out. Burks balled out. Uh, Corral balled out. Like this was just a defense is just a suggestion. <laughs> That's what this yeah. weekend was, and um, it, it was a great game.
1: Well, and and two, you remember in the Arkansas game, Georgia brought in what a defensive tackle on on a on a goal line play i would have figured if you're arkansas and you've got a tank for a quarterback which you do bring in two more offensive linemen put a wide re- one wide receiver out wide just to sort of give the appearance bring those two jumbo guys right up front with you and then just go to work just you know some sort of uh some sort of sweep not maybe not sweep but some sort of you know thing over to the outside where the two offensive linemen go with you and see if you can get some space there on the edge and open that bad boy up maybe that's too simplistic maybe that's too straightforward and and but i mean they haven't been able to stop your run game all day yeah so go for it yeah Put no it no you got away from your identity a little bit there that's the only i think issue i would have had with anything is just that final call like you like you said
0: yeah um it's a good game though um yes I, no doubt we 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 kind of need to keep watching this because arkansas still plays bama
1: uh-huh. if,
0: if arkansas were to upset bama They would have the tiebreaker over Bama. If Ole Miss wins out and if Bama loses another game, Ole Miss will represent the West in the SEC championship. I know that sounds crazy right now for us to say, but it's true.
1: Well, and one of my reactions at the end of the night on Saturday after you and I got off the phone, and I might have even said it to you, I did this whole thing on the radio show this morning about it being October, Halloween month and the lots of scary themed movies and how you know in the horror genre uh, a lot of times uh death means some sort of transformation into something you know supernatural zombies or vampires or michael myers and freddy Krueger and whatever else supernatural abilities come after you die undefeated alabama died over the weekend <laughs> zombie alabama we got we got to
0: watch <laughs> out for zombie alabama and he, so, and, here's, and, he, and to add yeah. to that sometimes Zombie Alabama be like twenty eight weeks later. Al- uh, zombies, the, they be they be running fast. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yes. Or uh, what? Wor- World War Z is it, is it World War Z or is it just World Z? I it's
0: World, Pit War Z. World, World War, War Z. World War Z. It's based off a book. You should read it. It's a really good book. Uh, the book is better. But uh, anyway, as usual. Yes, uh, per usual. Except in the case of Forrest Gump. I don't know That's if you knew the... that. I don't know if you
1: knew that. <laughs> that is one thousand percent true, from what I understand about the book. Dude, one thousand yes. percent true. Yes,
0: the, the book that that book is hot garbage. I don't shit. even
1: know the way I've heard the book described. It doesn't sound like the movie and the book should even be linked together outside of character names. One hundred percent.
0: You know, there, there there's times when like it, it's almost like a. Uh, it's when people say that you're that you're related to each other, but it's really like seven cousins and sisters, and like a couple of step and sisters in between. You know, yeah. that's kind of well, what it
1: is. And you know, at the end or the beginning of comic book movies, you know, movie based on decent. indoor
0: and made me think of Star Wars. By the way, thank you.
1: You're welcome. So, at the beginning or the end of comic book movies, you know, this movie based on comic book, you know, Marvel comic book characters. That's what it sort of feels like. Forrest Gump is this movie's based on these characters. It's not actually what goes on in that book.
0: Look, this weekend, uh, as far as Arkansas, Ole Miss, or, or, or the SEC West, it is it, like it really is kind of up in the air. We ex- uh, many would expect Bama to go. I'm just saying, with that loss and with Ole Miss's win over Arkansas, they're now create and because Ole Miss only has one other like tough opponent that I think could actually beat them in Tennessee, which they play this weekend. It, like there's there's a chance Ole Miss goes undefeated, and then and then all the pressure is on Alabama. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, we didn't talk about that earlier. Um, all right. Look, we get I have to make mention of this. Weight force continues to be to win. They're undefeated. For, they, they win 47 or 40 to 37 in overtime against Syracuse. Good win on them. Tennessee beat the brakes off South Carolina. I'm trying to think if there's another game I missed. Oh, to, to time travel back to Friday night. Arizona State beat Stanford um, at, at Arizona State. Arizona State's defense showed up, and oh my gosh, Arizona State had the sickest uniforms um, that I've, I've seen from them yet this year. Um, can I just have a suggestion, please, Pac-12? Can you never, ever, ever, ever have a game that starts at 10.30 at night again? For the Especially love of on a Friday.
1: I mean, you're, you're playing Friday games in order – You, and obviously the, the frustration becomes that in California or in Arizona or Colorado or wherever, they want to play night games too. It's just like, well, night games over here are, you know, 1130 at night over on the East Coast. So you guys are going to have to sacrifice something somewhere. If you want to get seen, if you want to gain some traction, all those different things. And there are tons of people who love Pac-12 after dark, but it is not the most, you know, maybe you can have one or two games like that, but you've got to encourage your schools and the TV contracts, whatever, to schedule earlier. And yeah. you guys have got to get creative with how to get people in the stands for those earlier games. I, I, that might stink. It might be hot.
0: You got to figure something. Yeah. Out. They need to travel to the East Coast. Just kind of like come over here on the East Coast. And you can play. We um, you, you can play at night all, all the time you want. Um, a, a pick that we that I got wrong here. Um, Notre Dame beats Virginia Tech on on a last second field goal. Uh, I, I Notre stand, Dame's
1: battle tested baby.
0: Man, jeez, Louise. Who would have sure. thought I'd turn into the Notre Dame guy I, on this I podcast? Know. By I way. know, I know. Like, like, but tell me, you're not confident in them, are you? Like, mm-hmm. you don't feel confident picking them against like I picked an upset. No. They they had it they needed a last second field to win the game. Like, they don't I don't really think they play anyone of tough value anymore, except for North Carolina, which <laughs> we'll get to in a second. Who um it they're gonna be? Oh my gosh, they play Virginia and Stanford. Those are the last two teams on their schedule that I think actually could beat them. Um, but I, I just I, – this Notre Dame team just frustrates me to no end. Um, okay. Um, let's talk about the big game real quick, okay? And I say big game because it, it was two ranked opponents. It was at Jordan-Hare. Georgia, they kind of manhandled. They did what they kind of wanted. All, Auburn, Auburn had a three-point lead, three-point lead for like four minutes of the game. And then uh, interception – Happens for Georgia, and then from that point on, it's just kind of like a build. I think they scored like 20 points. They score the next 20 points. Auburn finally, <laughs> Georgia finally allows an offensive touchdown again, um, which was a really good run by the way by Tank Bigsby to to keep his feet going and to not uh, not you know not be taken down easily. George to, to your comment earlier about the the backup quarterback across the country, there are a bunch of teams that if they lose their starting quarterback, they are in a lot of trouble. Penn State showed us that. Ohio State is in trouble if they lose Stroud. Um, Alabama is in trouble if they lose Bryce Young. Um, I don't know about Florida. There's a reason. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Florida <laughs> might be excited to have their
0: back yeah. quarterback. There's a reason why he's not playing.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: I, I, I still believe that. There's a reason why Anthony Richardson is not starting for them. Yeah, the um, fan base might be excited right now, but yeah. Dan Mullen knows. But if there, are, if there are two teams in this country that have, that have benefited greatly from – Either time with their backup quarterback, or just preparation with their back, backup quarterback. It is Texas A&M who just beat Bama with Calzada, and it is Georgia with Stetson freaking Bennett. Well, I think you could maybe add Oklahoma to that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry that that is a good call. I, I didn't even think about them in the in my in my thought process of this. But yes, you're absolutely right. But when I think of Georgia, they have had they have had two straight ranked opponents, and they have covered the spread plus more. And dominated these opponents with not only a backup quarterback, with two, their two leading receivers are either a freshman or a redshirt sophomore who is a three-star. Which, by the way, I'm supposed to do this really quickly. Chris Kaylee begged me to do this today. Can we please quit talking – Can the commentators quit talking about McCunkey like he is like five eight, like Steve Smith? This kid is this kid is six foot, almost 200 pounds. He is not small. He is not wiry. He he is he is an athlete and he he is fast. He you know like I don't know if you've heard that at all. But like, is he
1: only six feet tall? Yeah, man. He don't play. He don't play six feet. That boy plays well, like I'm he's five six seven. So everybody's tall to me.
0: That's fair. McConkey is like I said, a redshirt freshman. He is leading the team right now with two hundred and eighty yards receiving. Um, he has two touchdowns. Uh, I think both of them were in this game. That's not right. No, he has, he has a touchdown in another game. He just has a 60-yard pass from Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is winning this game or is winning these games in dominant fashion with, with truly freshmen and no – I don't want to say nobody because they're balling out, but just people who were not recruited highly by other teams. That is how they're winning, and that is why I am so freaking impressed by this Georgia team. Yes, they are ranked number one in the country as of today. I know that humility is one week away. They could lose this week. They could lose the next week. They could lose at any point in time. I am just talking about right now with this Georgia team. You cannot tell me it is not impressive for how badly they are handling these teams and scoring points the way they are and putting up yards the way they are with beat up with a beat up offensive roster. What do you think, Spencer?
1: No, I've been I've been saying it the whole the whole time. Get healthy. Get healthy, get healthy, get healthy. And the health just is coming along slower than we all thought it would and you even suffered injuries in this ball game. And you still continue to roll. You suffered an offensive lineman injury that a uh, guy that couldn't return. Maybe See, he could have returned, but he didn't return for the ball game. Uh, you had a, a safety that had to leave the ball game, uh, separated shoulder. They got it back in, and he might have been able to go. But Kirby was like, "It's not 100 percent, so we're not going to go back in." Uh, I think health is a big thing, and then depth has been been a big thing. We kept saying it over and over again. Alabama could sustain injuries. To several positions on the roster, and they could replace that guy and keep moving. Georgia's in a position right now where they're doing that week in and week out. And Stetson Bennett is the is the best example. It's the easiest example, and it's the biggest example. Literally, it's the quarterback position. So, yeah, no, Georgia has been has been. Uh, trucking light right along to the point where people don't even know that they have injuries because you're smashing <laughs> yes. Arkansas 37 to nothing. And everybody's like, Oh yeah, this is just going. And, and georgia has got to do some stuff on offense and we don't love this and that about the offense and blah, blah, blah. They're almost talking in a way where you're like, I don't know if they know that there's people hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't want to hear anyone else. I don't want to hear any more criticism at Kirby, not being able to, uh, not be able to develop talent. Look at sets and Bennett, look at McCunkey. look at A. D. Mitchell. Those three guys were not highly recruited. They were either walk-ons or they were three-star guys, and they are balling. And they were playing great on the road against an Auburn team that was ranked 18th in the country. Bo Nix is a joke, and he continues to just make the weirdest mistakes I've ever seen. Um but yeah, I'm um, go dogs. I just I get to say it, and I feel I feel pretty happy about saying it. Go Dogs. Uh, so this week the question was. Uh, what are the top five teams that have impressed you most based on preseason expectations? Uh, first is Matt McGowan. Um, thank you for your uh, thank you for your uh, answer here, all you guys. Um, he says Michigan State, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Iowa, and he is a Kentucky fan, so obviously Big Blue. I agree I with all
1: that, but Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, I would agree with that as well. Um, Cincinnati came in undefeated last year, took Georgia all the way to the last minute. We we many people picked them to make the pl- be one of the group of five teams to make the playoff. Zach Anderson um says Oregon State, Kentucky, Penn State, Iowa, and Texas A&M.
1: I can see Penn State just because of how bad
0: yeah. last year was. Maybe you're yeah. – I can see that. Yeah, the, the one that I would maybe push back on is A&M, but like – because if we're only basing off one win, like look at the rest of the season. Oh, yeah, no, A-
1: A&M – yeah, no, A&M's not been impressive
0: this year. Yeah, A&M was like – a dark horse I mean, to win the
1: West, but I mean, it's, but, it's an impressive feat to have yes. beaten Alabama with your backup quarterback who has looked like doo-doo. Absolutely, yeah, no, I the agree. Rest of the season has not been that way.
0: Um, Colby Clark uh, picks uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, um, Iowa, and Cincinnati. Again, I I just I wouldn't put Cincinnati in that same boat, but like I guess I understand why people would.
1: Well, and Arkansas is an interesting suggestion too because it's it's kind of like okay. I don't know if we knew exactly where Arkansas was going to fall, and so maybe there were conversations of we really love Sam Pittman and we really love what he's done in week in year one, but I don't know if we had a ton of great expectations to the point where they'd be a top-10 team playing Georgia on the road in you know, the, the biggest game of the weekend. So I, I don't mind Arkansas in that conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I mean, Arkansas only had three wins last year. So that two to, to be ranked, and they should still be ranked you know that that is impressive. Uh James Albin, um he is a he's a Michigan fan. Uh, also Colby Clark is a uh, Georgia fan. So I just wanted to put put that out there. James Albin, uh, Michigan, uh, they were unranked, Michigan State, they were unranked, uh Tennessee, Iowa, and Arkansas. I I completely agree with these.
1: Yeah, I don't you hate know? that list either. Uh, that's not,
0: yeah. That's not my list, but yes, I I completely agree with them. Um Cody Dan, um as we know, avid listener, um UGA, Michigan State, Iowa, Wake Forest, and Arkansas. I, I probably the only one I would push back on is UGA. Like, UGA was picked to win the to win the East. They were picked to be be B1. Like, I think Athlon Sports has them as either four or five to to win the um, to make the playoff. But I guess if you're talking about no one expected them to be this dominant force that they are, then yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, and I I think maybe if you've adjusted your expectations to like Stetson Bennett starting and. You know, I didn't expect them to do this with Stetson Bennett still yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, sure. But Absolutely. I think the the way I understood the project, and of course, you, and everybody can understand the project. You know, a little differently. You know, it was preseason expectations. What are things looking like? So, yeah, I think I can. I, I see where that answer is coming from. But yeah, yeah,
0: it's but yeah because it's it's bringing in context of the injuries. And if sure. we would literally just spent three minutes talking about the injuries, I mean, I guess it's fair too. Bring that into the the fold, and, and, and honestly, it's however you want to freaking do this. However you wanted to do this exercise, Brandon Parker um says uh, UGA, Michigan State, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Cincinnati. So yeah, I, I thank you so much. I like I, just same thing with UGA, but um of course we agree with Michigan State, Arkansas, Kentucky, Cincinnati. Spencer, what what did you have? Did you did you get a chance to do this exercise?
1: I did. I had Michigan State. I think mm-hmm. Mel Tucker's probably in in the in place for a. A um, you know, Coach of the Year conversation. Um, I really like Wake taking advantage. Wake Forest taking advantage of sort of some open spaces there in uh, the ACC. I know they're usually given some some praise and some props by the hardcore college football people for being impressive with what they're with what they have to work with. And Dave Clawson is doing a really good job. He's got them uh, undefeated Evening
0: Coach of the Year, bro. Him or him or uh, uh, Mel Tucker. Pipe. Yeah. Jeez, please. Uh, I like.
1: Uh, yep, I like. Um, I've always liked Mark Stoops there at uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Felt like there was a, a, a system change for them that you could have easily said, okay, it's going to take a minute. You know, they're about to change some systems. You, you know, you've been critical of Stanford and their downfall over the last few years, and you might could make the argument that they've been trying to change their system and it has been unsuccessful. Maybe it's getting successful now. It's they're starting to see the change, the benefits of the change maybe but changing the system from run oriented all the time is a big deal and they're doing it sort of not in the blink of an eye cuz they're still running the ball a good bit but they're keeping those run elements while implementing other stuff so i think it's incredible um Iowa i don't think anybody really saw Iowa this kind of top 5 undefeated this sort of um this sort of defensive performance from them and then uh, and then Tennessee I think Tennessee is playing outside their mind. I think they're blowing people out in the first quarter. Uh, they're having a great time, and I almost just put Tennessee here almost by default because I was excited for them to have fun, and they're doing it. They look awful doing it. That shade of orange is just disgusting, but they <laughs> are having I do love that
0: black-on-orange, though. They're I having love the, fun? I love that black-on-orange uniform they wore this week. They're having fun, and it's exciting,
1: and it's disgusting-looking, but it's, it's fun, and I'm happy yeah. for
0: them. Okay, for me... I've, t- I've talked about them for weeks. So I c- like, if I didn't have Wake Forest number one on this, I would be like, I'd be a hypocrite, right? Like, for me, oh, yeah, for me, it is um, hundred uh, percent. Wake Forest number one. They are six and zero. I've had the privilege of watching every one of their games this year. They've been so fun to watch. There is a world in which this Wake Forest team, if they can just tighten up a little bit on defense, they could win the ACC and they could win the ACC conference and they could go undefeated. What do we do with an undefeated Wake Forest? That is the question that we, we may have to answer in the next month or two. Uh, number two for me is Michigan State. They showed some moments last year. I picked Michigan State to win the over, but I did not expect them to be like this. I did not expect them to be this good. So th- there there you go. There, Mel Tucker's done a great job. My third, and I think, Spencer, you'll agree with this when you hear my rationale. My third is Arizona State. Yes, yeah, okay. they, yes, they okay. were preseason ranked. Yes, they had expectations. But if those who don't remember two months prior to the season starting – they had all these allegations all these videos this the word dossier being used of how much of how much they had been cheating you know and we know that there's probably a reckoning coming for this team but they have set it aside and they have done a great job they have you know they lost one game on the road at BYU to a very good BYU team by the way and like that's their only loss and and they've looked really good this season for me number 4 i mean it has to be arkansas and this is right now You know who knows what could happen the rest of the year. Like they could just have taken too many body blows, and the season could just fall right under them. But for right now, it's it's Arkansas. Sam Pittman has done an incredible job. This is the second head coach under the quote unquote Kirby Tree. I don't really like using that phrase because whenever I think of someone coming from a coaching tree, like they they're there for a long time, not two years or three years, like Mel Tucker. Um, yeah, you Mel's more out of the Saban tree, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, same as of that, that tree. And like I would say I would say uh Sam Pittman's under everyone's tree. Like go look at
1: his go, go yeah, that's true.
0: His, go look at his coaching record, man. Uh that guy has been all over the place. And then I, I think Spencer, like for me, the fifth team was hard for me to pick because you've got there's so many good options. And but for me, it, it was all about expectation coming into this season and what we're seeing on the field. And that to me is NC State. That's the fifth team that I've yeah. NC State has a rough Probably should not. Have, it definitely should not have happened. Lost to Mississippi State, and then they are the ones who dethrone Clemson, and put Clemson in a really tough spot for the rest of the year. And I don't know who's going to beat them, because I think they're going to handle North Carolina. But NC State's been and uh, they they've been super impressive this year. So those are my five.
1: Yep. Nope. Those are those are good. Um, NC State's NC State's kind of right there with Wake Forest. They're both in the same division, and I think we kind of clumped NC State Wake. Louisville, Boston College, maybe it was those four that kind of got lumped together, and maybe FSU was bringing up the rear because we were excited, like ooh maybe Mackenzie Milton, ooh maybe. So, but definitely those four kind of all got clumped together, kind of like who's gonna who's gonna emerge? Is there gonna be some body blows and beating each other up and that sort of thing? And it kind of seems like Wake and NC State have sort of separated themselves, especially with the injury to uh, to Filip Djurkovic. Ger- um,
0: yeah, but they have also- been playing well without him. Also mention of FSU, North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina, you suck. <laughs> like how do you lose it? How do you lose the FSU?
1: It really <laughs> is a conundrum beyond belief. <laughs> really? And I'm mad at myself for not being a little more Johnny on the spot. You, you were questioning North Carolina. I was going along with a lot of this stuff and I should have been right there alongside you questioning because I've, I knew it from year one to year two of Mac Brown, like, Got like they're winning, but they're lose. They're winning close, and they're losing close. And mm-hmm. I just don't love all of the closeness here that's happening. Closeness is great, team. teammate wise, you know, <laughs> y'all can you be close know, like, yeah. like, You, you <laughs> can be
0: friends. Like, be, be friends, <laughs> but, but, bro, um,
1: but chill out on the, right, close on the scoreboard. Eight. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, like um, yeah, I, I agree. I get picking that up, but yeah. yeah so things have been. Not like, okay, they're separating. They're really showing out against everybody. No, they they had been inconsistent, and and this year's a perfect example of it. They go and they lose that opening game to, to Virginia Tech, and they only score 17 points or whatever it was. And then the next two weeks, they go and score 118 points the next two weeks. And so you look at the stats, and you're like, oh, North Carolina's doing great. You look at the rest of the games, you look at the – Rest of the season, and it's kind of like, yeah, they have these explosions, but then they come in, they put twenty five on the board against FSU. So, yeah, weird. such yeah. a
0: conundrum. Yeah, buddy. Um, stigma. Yep. All right, so let's let's pick some games this week. Uh, we've only got we've got six or seven games. Uh, these shouldn't be too tough to break down. Um, also, since we're sitting here watching, I know even we've both been watching some of this game. Louisiana is putting it on App State. I'm glad I picked them. I've been waiting for this Louisiana team to be this impressive all year. They're up twenty-seven to six. All right. Anyway, um, first game of the night or first game of the week is on Friday night, seven o'clock, ESPN, in the Carrier Dome. Um, Clemson going on the road at Syracuse. Um, trying to trying to see if I can find a point spread here, Spencer.
1: Um, I think it's I think it's still I think it's like thirteen. Clemson.
0: How are you feeling? What you got here? I'll let you go first.
1: I'm gonna take Clemson because I still okay. like just yeah. the fact that they've got the talent um, defensively they've been they've picked up the two losses on um, on their defensive line I think they're absorbing those things okay they're coming off the bye week
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I think you're certainly if you're a Clemson fan you're certainly hoping for some improvements uh, offensively I'm expecting those improvements to take place because I just I know that there's a like there's personnel or there's I know that there's issues. But you got to imagine Dabo Sweeney is going to get something figured out to the point where they can, you know, put some wins together. Um, so I think th- it'll be ugly. It'll probably be nineteen to thirteen, like it was against Boston College or whatever that final score was. Yeah. It probably won't be pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. You won't
1: be overly impressed. But I think defensively they can bring it, and that'll give them a chance to uh, to win. And maybe they can unlock something from DJ. Because I, because it's there, the talent's there. They just got to find a way to unlock it. And I, I'm, it's, you know, it's a surprise to everybody. It's taken so long.
0: Yeah, it's still uh, taking long. Yeah, I'm taking Clemson only because I think their defense can stop them. Uh, Syracuse wants to run the ball. Like that's that's their bread and butter. They want to run the ball. Uh, Clemson's defense is still very good at stopping the run. They're only allowing 100 yards per game. 100, I'm sorry, 102.6 yards per game. Um surprisingly enough, Syracuse has a, a decent defense. Um, and so I think this game will be close, like you said, um, but give me, give me the tag. I'm sorry. Give me the Tigers. Um, I'm not allowed to say Tigers unless I'm talking about LSU. Um, next let's go to Auburn versus Arkansas. There, it's at Arkansas. It's a noon game. I hate this Arkansas that they have to play the noon game. Um, is that two weeks in a row now? Yeah, that's two weeks in a row now playing the noon game. I'm sorry, three weeks weeks. in a row. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We put that together at the same time. Twinsies. Um, (laughs) Give me, (laughs) you're welcome. Give me Arkansas and give me Arkansas kind of handily. I think they have some frustration to take out on a team that isn't going to be able to outrun them. going to be able to push them around. Um, This Auburn team is beat up They're They are not that good um, as we have seen. And I, I think Arkansas can take care of business.
1: Yeah. I like Arkansas here too. I think there's some frustration. I'm sort of nervous about a letdown a little bit Um, mm-hmm. in terms of, man, you just got done scoring 50 points. You just got done with a marathon. You just got, that's coming off of getting your brains beat in sort of back to back heartbreaking losses. One from a, you know, you got physical in the Georgia game and then here you're, you know, you just mess up on the, on the two points and you don't have a good defensive day. So back to back, not so great defensive weekends. Uh, maybe they fix those things and get them turned around and, um, Arkansas comes out and gets this win. I think KJ Jefferson and them sticking to who they are and what they want to be, I think, will go a long way, especially after Georgia, maybe soften things up a little bit, pounding away at uh, at Auburn. So yeah I, yeah, I like Arkansas here too.
0: Okay, next is Ole Miss at Tennessee. You know how this is going to go, right? Like knowing trad knowing history, knowing like no, I'm not talking about the Tennessee connection with Lane Kiffin, but Lane Kiffin's going to. Win a tight win like this, and he's going to go to Tennessee and lose. Except he's playing against Tennessee, a school that literally hates him. A team that is going to, and he is by far the biggest troll of any coach in the country. Old Has Penns, he said
1: anything yet? It's Tuesday. No,
0: he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He ain't dumb. They're going to have, they're, they're like, they're going to be so petty. They're probably going to put like some kind of promo on the Jumbotron. Of him when he got fired or something like that, just to mess with him. Tarmac I, jokes, yeah, tarmac jokes, all, the whole nine yards. And he's gonna have a joke for them, and it's gonna be called fifty-seven points. Give me Ole Miss. Give give the give me this game pretty pretty easily for Ole Miss too. I think they cover whatever the point spread is.
1: Yeah, so I'm not. I, we haven't seen who Tennessee is r- really well in like the fourth quarter of a tight game. Mm-hmm. and I think if this turns into the score fest that it could be um I'm I would be interested to know who's Hayden uh hooker Hendon hooker and who is this Tennessee team when they're in a dog fight in the in the fourth quarter if it even gets to that the teams that they have played who have sort of outmatched them or equaled them or um, or or overmatched them have been able to separate and sort of close out the game easily uh Pittsburgh and uh, Florida so I think Ole Miss wins this game uh, here
0: as well. Yeah, we continue to have the same picks. Um, but I think this one's going to be different. Oklahoma State at Texas. Mm. The mullet. Look, I think last week, going back to your body blow theory or your you know being exhausted from the type of game that they had to play last week and then turn around and have to play an Oklahoma State team that I think has the best defense in the conference, this is going to be this is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be an ugly game, but give me the mullet to upset Texas, man.
1: Yeah, so I think this is a big spot for Texas to sort of prove it wasn't fake. Yeah, that that they can and and at the very least they've got to be in this game. They can't lose 20 to 10 and sort of look pedestrian. They can't Heck, they can't lose 20 to even 17 and look... Like, they really need to look energetic. They need to bring it whatever it is exact. I mean, they've got to show up ready to play. And they've got to have a mentality... You know, this could be a big culture-setting moment for Steve Sarkeesian. Coming off of an awful loss to Oklahoma, you're playing another conference rival. And so, this will be a big opportunity for, for that. But like you've said... Benjamin Robinson is a guy that you can go with all day, and if he's a, if he's angry, you know that's usually assist a running back when it comes to running. Uh, thank you, Adrian Peterson. Uh, so I like Texas here to hold on and sort of continue. That I think they've made some strides here with with Casey Thompson at the quarterback spot. So I like uh, Texas to, uh, to figure it out, to keep working on it, not get down,
0: and uh, come through with a win. Do you think I'm ridiculous? No. Okay. Because I feel like I'm stepping out a little bit on that one, but I just something tells me like that this is the best uh, this is the best defense that Oklahoma State's probably had since in you know since to that 2012 team with Oklahoma State um, or 15 team, sorry. Uh, but anyway. All right, next game: BYU at Baylor. BYU is getting their starting quarterback back, and um, uh, I think his name's Hall. Um, let me just confirm that really quickly. Yes, Hall is going to be back this week. Um, like I know Baylor's five and one, and it's at Baylor. Like that's the only thing that gives me hesitancy. But like I kind of I think BYU's a good team. I think there's a reason why they beat you know they they beat Arizona State. They um, they beat Utah. They beat Arizona. They beat you know you know what I'm saying. Like I think there's a reason why they won these games. And I think Baylor's good, but I don't know if Baylor can put up points. You know, on on the B, on a BYU defense that has a bunch of thirty one year old uh, Mormons who just came off a mission. <laughs> so, let let me let me get BYU with what feels like an upset, but it's really not.
1: Yeah, I like uh, I like Baylor here. I think um, I'm really sort of just almost coin flipping on this one. I have to be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm not as I'm not as red on both teams, but I think I they like some things from Baylor.
0: They like better. to run the ball. They're they're yeah. 16th in the country in running the ball. Yeah. And BYU is – I'm just trying to help you.
1: No, 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 and, and I've seen these um, numbers. I've seen some okay. of the, the basic numbers of – you know, Baylor has done
0: – They don't BYU. give up a lot of points.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just have – I've liked some of the uh, on-surface things that I've seen for Baylor, so I'm leaning their way.
0: Good for Dave Aranda too, if – if just saying yes. it at of time. If they win this game, good for, good for Dave Aranda.
1: Well, and it shouldn't be a surprise that both Brady at Carolina with the Panthers – and Dave Naranda are doing as well as they are. Because when you look at where they left, you know, things are so, you know, touch, touchy there at LSU. It's kind of like, well, the, the staff in 2019 was so incredible for them. Now you're watching that play out elsewhere that Dave is a really good coach and he's proving it with Baylor. And so is the kid at uh with the Panthers. That's at least two of them. Okay.
0: Now for probably one of my toughest, the toughest picks I had to make this week. NC State at Boston College. I just praised NC State. I don't regret that anyway, but they're going to a Boston College team, and they're—I think they had a bye week. Yes, they did. No, hold on. Let me see here. I think I think they're coming off a bye. I think
1: both teams are coming off a bye.
0: Okay, coming off a bye this week. I look at one team's like NC State is only giving up 15 points per game. Um, they are. They're pretty balanced. They're 44th in the country in passing, 52nd in the country in rushing. Um, and then you look at you look at Boston College. They're only giving up 16 points a game, and they don't throw the ball a lot anymore because they lost their starting quarterback. They try to run the ball a little bit more, averaging 160 186 yards per game. For, for me, look, this Dennis Grossel story has been really cool, and it was great to see them. You know, it was great to see them beat Missouri. It was great to see them keep it close to Clemson because their defense is so good. But I I just kind of think NC State at at NC St- or it's it's at home.
1: <sighs> Could you get a bit of a shootout here between these yeah, two? Teams? Yeah, yeah. Throw that, for
0: three hundred yards against Clemson. Yeah, that's oh my gosh! I, I told you this is the hardest one I had to pick, and I was gonna make a pick, and then I started thinking out loud, and then I started talking, and then you started talking. Don't yeah, you just what, shut your face in twenty-three
1: of forty, two interceptions, three hundred and eleven yards, no touchdowns.
0: What's the that's the point, probably.
1: Fred? Which one is this again? NC State and and, uh, three point three point uh, favorite for NC State, who is on the road.
0: Thanks, Vegas. You suck. Um,
1: 52 (sighs) over and under.
0: All right. I'm super tired. I want to get this over with. Um,
1: That sounds encouraging. We love you podcast people. Yeah,
0: we we do. (laughs) This sucks. This this sucks. Okay, look. I'm going to take NC State at a sheer principle of being consistent. But I have a really bad feeling that Boston College is going to win this game. But I'm going to go NC State. I like it. All right, who Georgia or – Who are you, or, who you, uh, pick, who you picking?
1: Uh, oh, NC State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, NC State. I had it already written down on my piece of paper, so
0: – All right, Georgia, Georgia, Kentucky. I got a couple stats for you just if you wanted to throw anything else out there. Um, you can. I know. Who, I think I know who you're picking, but um, – Georgia currently ranks 16th. While they don't rank very high in rushing yards per game, they do rank 15th in the country in uh, in rushing efficiency, success rate, rushing success rate. Meaning the yards that they should be getting on a running play, they do that. They do that well at 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 the 16th best in the country. They we know what they're doing defensively, but. I was really kind of I was really surprised to see that they are 27th in the country in points per game, and they are you know the 35th rushing, their 62nd passing. But we kind of understand that. That Stetson Bennett, oh man, I have an awesome another stat for you. You're gonna love this, Spencer. I was, I was, all over it today doing some research. Um, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> all right. I laughed out loud when I saw that that only 18 of Stetson Bennett's 62 passes or thrown when Georgia was up by more than 14 points. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was by, by four, 14 points.
1: That sounds like a baseball stat of, you know, on Tuesdays when it's raining. Yes. Playing yes. against the American League. 100%. <laughs> he, he,
0: doesn't, he doesn't have to throw a lot. No, and they don't – yeah, no. And he has a he has an incredible he has a ninety five percent total QBR he has a sixty nine percent completion percentage he has not had to throw more than twenty one passes in a game and he's thrown for only eighteen passes when Georgia is ahead by le, I'm sorry less than fourteen points so so he doesn't have to throw the ball a lot and this Kentucky team like I'm I'm happy for him. Like they've done, they've done really well, but they're missing their number two wide receiver for the second week in a row. They're going to be missing two defensive tackles. One's their stud starter, who I can't remember his name, and another one is a pretty uh, is pretty important too. Kentucky is 79th in the country in allowing sacks this season. Their offensive line, like being this, I, I don't know where this narrative came from that they're this elite offensive line when they're 79th in the country and giving up sacks. And Georgia is like top five in the country in getting sacks. So. Give me Georgia. It's at it's at Athens. Game days going to be there. Give me Georgia, but I do not think they cover the twenty four point spread. I do think it's a twenty one point win, but twenty four points just too much for me. So, give me the dogs.
1: Yeah, give me give me Georgia as well. Um, you know, Kentucky. I like Kentucky. I like Mark Stoops. I like what they're building over there. I love it actually. Yeah. But but the dudes are where the dudes are. And Kentucky did not play a great game they didn't play their best game when they when they won against LSU. F- Florida oh Florida yeah. um now and well and that that leads to the second point they didn't play their best game against Florida and they still won and you might can give them credit for that but it's kind of like Florida you know Florida played poorly too and it's sort of like for- you, you'd you'd like to see if if there's a team struggling and and you know, shooting themselves in the foot. You'd really like to smash on that foot and then punch them in the, you know, punch them in the nose and and really go for it. And Kentucky never really took over the opportunities when they were there. Now they, you could say they did that against LSU, but nobody's overly impressed with LSU right now. There's all sorts of turmoil up front. So congratulations, wins are wins, and and you've performed well and you took advantage and you did just enough and you looked impressive against LSU and all those things are great and wonderful.
0: But um, yeah. Also, just just to throw this out there, a narrative that keeps being built, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but the passing game of Kentucky. Kentucky only – Kentucky ranks 97th in the country in passing yards. Right. 197 yards per game. They're running the ball. They're 24th in the country in rushing with 212 yards per game. They are only – they're only scoring – they're 94th in the country in, in points per game with 31 points per game you know yes their defense is good giving up 17.5 but man whenever i look at this team like i don't i don't see an offense that is going to that, that can do this that can win this game i just don't see it especially missing uh you know one your wide receivers and missing some talent on the d line yeah all right agreed so we have gone way too long but i hope, I hope people have, i hope people have enjoyed this podcast tonight I hope they have as well.
1: We appreciate you uh, listening. And uh, find Rob on Twitter at uh, SpiderDude64. That way you can participate in the uh, questions of the week. And then uh, I'm there on Twitter as well, Spencer underscore Van Horn, V-A-N-H-O-R-N. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Later.